0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Blue Wire. The, NFL draft,
0: the Detroit Lions select. Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Back off, looks, off, throws. Caught inside the one. Fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown, Detroit Lions. Armand Ross, St. Brown. He's got it, wants to throw. Wentz, looks, looks, pressure comes. Wentz, hit, sacked, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's
2: number two.
3: Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 331 on the Blue White Network. I am your host, Tyler. my man, guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Art.
4: Woo! What's up, man? How you doing, man? Yo, it is. We got, we got the Vikings, man. We got another NFC matchup, man. Let's go.
3: This is a huge matchup. I mean, this is something, at least for me, I mean, you might have seen it before. I know it's been a while, but. This is an opportunity for the Lions to clinch their first division title since 1993 and to clinch the NFC North for the first time in franchise history. I mean, this is a huge weekend for the Detroit Lions. I'm excited.
4: Yeah, this is huge, man. This is going to be something in the record books, man. That's is, this is exciting, man. I wonder how the players feel right now. Hopefully, hopefully, there's not too much pressure on them. But this is this is this is man. This is this is in the history books right here.
3: Yeah, so they asked C.J. Gardner-Johnson on Wednesday in the locker room, who we're going to get into his injury report, and we're going to talk about his status very soon. But they asked him that question, "Is like, how would you feel to win the NFC North title? Obviously, you're a guy who's to the Super Bowl. You've seen success in this league. He said he would cry if the Lions won the NFC North. He said he's going to cry when they win the NFC North. So He's going to cry? He, I'm going to cry. He's going to cry. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's only been here for one year, but... Yeah, man, it's a special. Hopefully, they can get it done this weekend. It would be a very uh, nice Christmas gift. Um, they're playing on Christmas Eve. You guys know the Lions pass on Christmas Eve. I hate it. The last two Christmas Eves, not the last two, but like the last two times the Lions have played on Christmas Eve, have been very rough and have ended our seasons. So to get this to win the division, that 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 like really brings it in as in you're truly brand new lions at that point breaking the christmas eve uh the, the christmas eve juju
4: yeah definitely man shoot winning the nfc north yeah you definitely are brand new Lions at this point man
3: yeah yeah i, I remember it just like i was a kid 10 years old 2011 the lions clinched a playoff berth in 2000 on christmas eve in 2011 versus chargers at home so you have an opportunity here how do you remember that <laughs> Someone oh, asked me the other day, "What was my favorite Christmas memory?" I said that was actually one of my favorite Christmas memories of all time. How do you How do you remember that? It was a big day, man. That was the first time I've ever seen the lines in the playoffs ever, ever. Hey,
4: shoot, uh, I mean that's that's still that's how many years? Uh, that's over ten years, man. That's twelve years ago, man. Yeah, it's
3: um, yeah, it's over ten years. So what was it? Twelve years ago?
4: Twelve years ago, man. 12 years just, ago? <laughs> to remember that, that's insane. But yeah, cool to you, man, for remembering that.
3: All right, um, let's get into this injury report, and then I got a side topic that we could talk about yeah. afterwards. I'll start off with the Vikings and Malcolm read off the lines once after. So, here we go. You got edge rusher Daniil Hunter, who was dealing with an illness, did not practice on Wednesday. Running back Alexander Madison, dealing with an ankle, he did not practice, he didn't play last week. Cornerback Byron Murphy, dealing with a knee issue, did not practice. You had offensive tackle Brian O'Neill, did not practice with an ankle. And then you had defensive tackle Harrison Phillips that practiced with a back injury and now get into some limiteds. You had defensive end Jonathan Bullard. He was limited with an ankle. You had defensive tackle Sheldon Day with an ankle also limited. And then Jordan Hicks, linebacker, was a full participant with a shin injury. So for the most part, pretty healthy, but they got some key guys on there like Daniel Hunter and Alexander Madison and even Byron Murphy, their starting corner. So some guys to keep uh, a note on throughout the week, but We'll see what happens. To them. What's the Lions' report looking like, Malcolm?
4: Yup. So for the Detroit Lions injury report, we have fan favorite cornerback Jerry Jacobs.
3: He has a hamstring injury.
4: He did not participate. Fan favorite. The, fan favorite man number twenty three, Jerry Jacobs. He did he did not participate in practice. Um, I'm just saying that so I won't get blocked. Um, tight end Brock Wright. Uh, he has a hip injury. He did not practice. Um, Derek Barnes. He has a shoulder injury. He was limited. Uh, Jason Cabinda. He has a knee injury. He was limited. And CJ Gardner-Johnson. He was limited in practice today. Uh, Levi Onzerike. He has a knee injury. He was limited in practice today. Uh, Panay Sewell. He has a shoulder injury. He was limited. And Frank Ragnow with a toe, knee, back, arm, legs, shoulder, knees, and toes. Everything is hurting this man, but he was a full participant today. Let's go.
3: Do we talk about it on the post-game show that how he played through a he just had meniscus surgery a week ago. And he only missed one game.
4: He's a, he's a soldier. He's I mean, a
3: soldier. He's a different breed, man. He's a different breed. And he's, a, he's important to this football team, like really important. Like, like I, I like I think everyone knows he's very good, and, like, they acknowledge that. But, like, I think he is the moving factor to the offensive line, like that everyone, like, leans on. Like, it's a completely different offensive line when he's not out there. Graham Glasgow is, is a good center. But like when you're not having Frank out there, it makes a big difference. Yeah,
4: it, it that, that's 100 percent, man. It's just, I mean these injuries kind of concern me long term, man. With Frank, know. right? With Frank, yeah. yeah. Usually when guys have all these injuries and they're battling through it, sometimes they get tired of it. Like we seen C.J. Calvin Johnson go through this shit. You just battling injuries, you always on the injury report, you have your rest, and you have a short career. I mean, I'm hoping this is not the case for him because he's like the, the staple of our offensive line, but. Seeing on an injury report every week is not a good sign for his future, as far as future-wise.
3: Yeah. I mean, some of it has to do with rest, obviously, and he's going to be listed every week regardless. But, yeah, it's always, like, something like a knee or a toe or a back or a forearm or a shin. Like, you know, you're always going to see something with, with Frank. And, yeah, hopefully it doesn't, you know. You know mess the longevity but for for the most part you know he's out there man and he he's he's tough as nails but let's talk about the more important thing here man jason cabinda's back
4: yeah
3: all right you guys don't give a fuck about Jason Cabinda
4: CJ Gardner Johnson is back from the injury yo <laughs> I care I care about Jason Kabinda man that's my boy man
3: I love Jason Kabinda we've had him on the bot a couple of times but CJ Gardner Johnson's back <laughs> don't know if he's gonna play this week but man just to see him back on this injury report to see him that he's back in practice and that they designated his window that he could return anywhere from now in the next 21 days, I think is absolutely huge. Now, he might not play this week against the Vikings, but maybe you potentially get a return next Saturday versus the Cowboys or maybe the season finale versus the Vikings. Like, what perfect timing to get C.J. Garner Johnson back while you're, you know, you're one game away from winning the NFC North. I think it's, that's absolutely huge for this Lions defense, man.
4: Yeah, Having him back is huge. Um, I think he would have definitely improved the secondary and our safety room, which is a room that's already improving with um Iffy uh, coming alive. So having him there, uh, it's going to make it even better. So I'm excited. I want to see what he brings to the table, man. We got to see a glimpse of him early in the season.
3: Yeah. I mean, he really wasn't supposed to return. I mean, this is a six-month recovery, and he made it three months, and he's back, and, you know, he's ready to go, man. And obviously – you know, they signed him for a reason. He's the heart and soul, I think, in that defense. Obviously, he's the voice of that defense, especially in that secondary room. So, it's good to have that that swagger back on their defense. And, man, if they can keep playing like how they played versus Denver last week and they can add a guy like C.J. Garner Johnson back, it's, it's good stuff, man. you getting him right back at the perfect timing. And I'm, I'm glad that he's getting hopefully some games under his belt before the playoffs, too. Like, if he can come back versus that Cowboys game, get two games in the regular season under your belt, and then get, get going in the playoffs, like, that's perfect, man. That's perfect.
4: Is there any – um you think there's like a risk of him like maybe potentially coming back so early? Do you feel like he could probably potentially re-injure himself?
3: I mean, I think there's always a risk of that, right? And especially when you cut the the recovery half, half the time window, like there's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we're not doctors in the day. He got cleared by the doctors, the professionals, so – I mean, I'm going to take their word for it. If they say he's ready to go and he says he's ready to go, I'm ready to go and watch C.J. play on the <laughs> football field. That's I mean, that's all I'm going yeah, to take.
4: Yeah, it. Then let's go. Yeah, let's go, man.
3: And also, for people curious, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, about the ski mask returning. He himself said they're a curse. He said, no cap. I think they're a curse. So I'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page with that, C.J. Don't bring <laughs> that shit back. That, that shit is done with <laughs>
4: Oh, man, I know Pierre's a little bit disappointed. Uh, I know he wanted to bring out his ski mask, but I guess not.
3: No, no, absolutely not. So I'm glad those are gone. All right, before we get into this game and we start talking about the Lions offense, Lions defense versus Vikings team, I think it was just, you know, interesting topic that Lions fans have been talking about throughout the week since this news has dropped. I believe it dropped on Monday. Ticket prices for season ticket holders have increased – from all the way up to 50% up of what people were paying. Now, obviously, this doesn't affect either me or you or Pierre because neither of us are season ticket holders, right? We just no. go to the games when we can. We watch yep. the game from home. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. But do you feel for, for these like fans that have been buying season tickets for multiple-plus years, watching a crappy product of football, and now they are – getting <laughs> crazy hefty it's like a final it's like hey um i hope you enjoyed the game saturday night versus the broncos here here, here you got to pay for it now you got to pay extra it <laughs> was that good of a game we've been that good now you're not here you got to pay for this for next season like did you like like how do you feel about that like how the lions raising their ticket prices up
4: 50 is a big increase like nobody like that's even like if you shoot like Fifty percent is big. Like I think, what they should did, they should have gradually. They should have had a, had a number, and then gradually, slowly increased it yearly till they hit that number. Maybe first year twenty percent, twenty percent, until you got that number they're that looking for. But to say okay, fifty percent. I mean that's that's a big number. But the thing is, I mean, we look at the good teams. I mean, that's the market. I mean, the market for, um, the season tickets. Like you look at these good teams with the good stadiums. I mean, guys. I mean, for me. I've been to multiple different away stadiums. I haven't been to I haven't been to a whole bunch, but I've been to a few. Um, I think Ford Field is like one of my top top favorite stadiums right now. I mean, as far as like how to have everything is right in that that stadium itself, I think it's a really great stadium. Um, the seats are great. I mean, I haven't been in, in the higher section. I don't know how it looks in the higher section, but not bad. I'm pretty sure if you sit in the higher section, you you still have a great view of the, of the field. You can still it's a great great seat. So, I mean. I don't really. I, I think they did. It, they went about it wrong. But guys, you have a good football team now. I mean, it is what it is. The, t- the prices were going to go up regardless. And as far as like the market for like the good teams for near season tickets, this is the, this is the price they usually pay. So I mean, just gotta eat it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think it's a little tough, and I agree. I think it should have been more of a graduate, like a move, like a smaller move, not just like hey. You're gonna pay all this from 2018 to 2023, but hey, in 2024 we're going up 50 percent. Like, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I think every fan, especially the whole the ticket holders, expected some type of increase going to next year with the results that happened this year and how packed Ford Field was and how high of a demand the tickets were all season. I think everyone expected some type of a raise in their ticket prices. I think it's just crazy though, is that like let's say you committed to a plan that you're paying fifteen hundred dollars right a year first season tickets you got a pair of tickets and that's what you're gonna pay right i think it's nuts to 50 of that now you're gonna say hey you're gonna pay three grand instead of 1500 like i just don't like how they handled it and especially the timing of it it's like okay we're gonna do it at the end of the season before we even clinch NFC north and before we even got a guarantee playoffs but like you're gonna make the playoffs you're gonna clinch the north hypothetically at some point but like i don't know man i don't really like the timing of it and i don't like the big increase all at one time I think they could have went about this a little differently, personally.
4: Who was this? Is this, is this Rod Wood? This seemed like a Rodwood Wood move.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's... The, it, seems,
4: it seems like it has Rodwood written all over it.
3: Whoever the marketing team is, yeah, I mean, he's part of it, right? Yeah. He gets the final stamp.
4: Yeah, he's the one that says... I guess he's he has the to say-so.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree with you, though. Yes, tickets are going to be more demand the, when the team is good. You got to get used to it, but... I think it's just the reality that we have to accept, man. Like, the entertainment business is just absolutely insane, dude. Like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, anywhere, man. dude. Like, if you want to go to a sporting game, you want to go to a concert. Yeah, like, a concert. there's nothing reasonable, I think, anymore for just, like, the average American. Or just no. the average, like, person.
4: Yeah. I mean, me and my wife wanted to go to the, the, the Drake and 21 Savage concert. It was 500 Damn, They only $500 per ticket.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we, like we, we said no. We're not doing it. Man, it's, it's just <laughs> nuts, man. And it's like, and I'm looking at these playoff tickets. and. This is not anything against the Lions because they didn't set this but just like looking at the Lions playoff tickets and I compared it to the other markets like Kansas City and Philadelphia and you know Miami all these teams are going to make the playoffs this year and host a playoff game and I was just comparing I'm like what are we the resale market looking for for the Lions compared to these other teams now granted the Lions haven't released any tickets from them themselves just only to season ticket holders but the cheapest ticket on Seacake for the Detroit Lions wildcard game is $682 after fees. That is absolutely bonkers. And if you're curious about like what the Chiefs are and the Niners are, they're anywhere from like, 200 to 300 anywhere from that range.
4: Oh, wow. Those are, those are the resellers from the ticket, the ticket holders?
3: These are the resellers, yes.
4: Because, you know, they've they been there so much, and they they don't they feel like to be in the playoffs. Man. It's like, whatever. I, I'll, I'll sell my ticket away for two hundred dollars but these fuckers, they're like, oh, you no. Know, we're going to drain these, every penny we got from these guys.
3: I get it, man. I know it's a big thing. The Lions haven't hosted a playoff game at Fort Field ever. Like, it, it's only there's only been one playoff game ever at Fort Field, and it was a Super Bowl that had nothing to do with the Lions. Yeah. So I I understand. It's a huge game. It's a huge deal to us. We're talking about it. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I'm curious to see what the Lions, if they ever do release some tickets to the public, how much those are going to be compared to these other markets. Because right now, dude, for the average person, like I said, I, I I just don't see, like, how that is a reasonable price for someone just wanting to watch their football team in the playoffs for the first time. I don't know. I think there's some things that are just a little too steep, and, and that's one for me. $682 for the cheapest ticket? Come on, man.
4: Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty damn steep. I, I can't even lie, man. That's steep.
3: I mean, not that this what? is the same thing, but, like, I went to Green Bay earlier in the year, right? yeah eight hour drive got ahead to get a hotel room and I got good seats I was row seven lower bowl. I think I averaged it out I think if I were to buy a playoff ticket from one of these resellers on seek right now I think I'd pay the same exact price if maybe more for a lions for a game that I live thirty minutes away from yeah that's factoring a hotel room gas and game tickets
4: you know you know in my situation man I, I've been I'm waiting for this moment my whole life man so I'm in the fucking mood, man. <laughs> I mean, if they don't resell those tickets, then the Lions don't come out with cheaper tickets, man, I'm gonna eat that fucking price. I'm gonna fly out to Detroit because I've been waiting for this moment my whole, my entire life. I think that's what the I think that's what the mindset of people right now who sell these tickets. They're like, man, they're gonna get great. people like us. They're, gonna, they're saying these people been waiting for 30 years for the, for this moment. They're gonna pay the $600. They know there's fuckers out there like me who's been waiting for this moment their whole life that always wanted to see a Lions home playoff game. And they know that d- dummy like me is going to go out there and, and pay the $600. And I'm telling you right now, me the dummy to pay $600. If they don't come out cheaper prices, I'm going to just say, uh, I got to do it. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I just have to attend this event, maybe, because I've been waiting for this my entire life.
3: Well, if you guys want to cut us a discount on a season ticket holder there, you know, you guys would always privately DM yeah. us. We won't, ex- we won't expose your price. We'll say we'll buy it for six hundred, but if you guys want to give us a discount,
4: please, man, please.
3: We, will, we, we are willing to, we're willing to negotiate. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know, I, I don't know, man. I hope it's lower. I mean, not even just like not even just for me, just for the fans like you and people that have been waiting for this moment for so many years. Fuck, I am part of that, man. I've been waiting for this for my whole life, dude. <laughs> I want to see this. I want to see it live. But well, come on, man! I live thirty minutes away. You expect me to pay seven hundred bucks for this for this game? Come on, man! And That's I can't it? even accept. What, what is the divisional round going to be if they get the two seed and they win that game? Oh no! What is I, that going to be? I
4: don't even. I don't even want to know. That's why I'm trying to get the trying to get the wild card game. <laughs> Mark this off my bucket list and call it a day, man. I attended the Lions home playoff game. Mark that off my bucket list. Whatever happened divisional game. Watching it at home, that's as it is what it is. I mean, oh, man. I, I don't want to know.
3: That's that's like and a dude. Super
4: Bowl, Super Bowl is a whole nother story. Super Bowl, uh,
3: watching super, that from the Crypto. super Bowl, man. I might have to go to Vegas and do a show there right? at the Wynn Hotel at the Blue Wire Studios. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be, down, I'll, hey, I'll be down for that. We can do something like that, maybe not a ton the game, but we'll find a spot to watch it. Now, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there first. We'll, we'll figure that all out, but. I don't know. It's something that was on my mind. I saw people talking about it. I, I do feel for the Lions fans that have been, you know, buying tickets and going every single week and attending. And, you know, for the most part, not getting a good product until pretty much last year, second half of the year. So I do feel for the fans that are getting this ticket increase. But it's kind of like what Malcolm said. It is what it is. It just it, It's just reality now. And we kind of just kind of have to accept it at this point. Like, there isn't a $100 ticket anymore. Like, that. that's just – that time is the past right now, and just it's the time we're in right now, and it sucks, but it is what it is.
4: This is the time we're in right now.
3: You know what they say, man. Everything goes up but our paychecks. <laughs> That's true, man. That's, That's true. That's they say. All right, let's get back into this football game.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all you need indeed.
2: MyPatriotSupply.com.
3: An opportunity where the Lions have to go clinch a division against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk about this offense first, this Vikings defense. Start off with you, Malcolm. Obviously, this Lions offense got a click in last week. They got him back to rhythm. They looked like the Lions offense that we expected. Now they're traveling to Minnesota, and Brian Flores has been pretty stout this year on his defense. What do you expect the Lions to accomplish this Sunday versus the Vikings?
4: What do I expect them to accomplish? Like, you, you telling me how, how we should attack their defense, or we're we, we yes. expecting? Okay, um, I, I'm hoping the same exact thing that we saw last week. I, I'm hoping that that what we saw last week is something that's going to take us spring springboard us forward to the next few games, and we're going to ride to these playoffs with that same um, that same chemistry. Offensively, I think the offense is running perfectly. With Jared Goff, the way he's passing the ball, uh, the way we we mix our running attack with it, I think we're a really balanced team, and I'm I'm hoping that we stay that way. And as far as the Vikings, I mean, I hope they attack them that way. I know the Vikings are a, right now they're playing really great defense. Um, if we could, you know, our offense line, if they're able to control their 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 pass rush, and, and we could keep Jared Goff clean. I am expecting a very good game from Jared Goff. Um, one of their top, one of their top cornerbacks is already out. Their, their starting cornerback—I'm not saying—he's out, but he didn't practice, so which is—I mean—he he could trend to not play. So if he doesn't play, I think it will make this their secondary a little bit. It will hurt their secondary a little bit more. And then you can just, like I said, they go in their balance, just like you did last weekend. We'll see how that goes, man. I'm, 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 that's what I'm looking for. I want to see if they're going to go in there and and, and fire on Southerners just like they did last week.
3: Yeah, I mean, if the offense is playing to their caliber that we were expecting to get, I'm going to be totally honest. Like, there's not really a single defense in NFL that really scares me as far as, like, the Lions offense capability if they're playing the way they did play. And it really all starts up front, like I said. I've been saying this for weeks and for years, obviously. It all starts up front, man. If they could play the way that they played last Saturday versus the Broncos and the way that I expect them to play, like a top three offensive line unit, I don't think there's a single defense in the NFL that could, you know, stop this Lions offense. Now, am I expecting 42 points every single week? No, absolutely not. That's that's a crazy ask, right? But dynamic, high powered, that's what this Lions offense is. And I know you mentioned some guys on the injury report with like Panay Sewell and, and Ragnar being on the injury report, but expecting them all to go, if that's the case, I, I, don't, I don't see why the Lions can't be a high-powered offense in this game and, you know, do what they got to do on offense. They just have too many guys, man. They're, like, if you're a defensive coordinator and you talk about the Detroit Lions or you're just trying to scheme against the Detroit Lions, it's, like, where do you even start? Do you start with the running backs with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery? Do you start with Amon Rossi and Brown and Samuel Plora? Like, where do you start with this Lions offense? It's just so dynamic and high-powered. And I think about that because, you know, we always talk about other teams' offenses and, like, how to scheme against theirs. For the Lions, I don't know where you start. Do you stop the running game? Do you stop the passing game? It's high powered in both ways. And if it's clicking, it's scary, man.
4: I mean, if I was a defensive coordinator, I'll go in there and I'll want to stop the Detroit Lions running game. That'll be my mindset. You, you could go in there, you, you could stop the running game, um, put as much pressure on golf as possible. I mean, that, I mean the, the, the normal game plan. I mean, what you would want to do if you're playing against the Detroit Lions. But I think it starts from the running game because. The running game kind of gets everything going. But like we saw last week, they kind of threw everybody off. Because usually, I think all year, every single game all year, they start off the game running the ball. I think we've seen that all year. Every single game. But last week, they came out passing the ball, which was, I think, it was a great strategy. They came out play action, first play. They came out right you know passing the ball, jerk off. I think it was three straight passes. That's what you want would want to do, to kind of keep teams, you know, off balance because they, they want to go in there to stop the Detroit Lions running game. They, that's their mindset.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier said than done, right? They're number two rushing offense for a reason, yeah. and they're number four passing offense for a reason. Like, yeah, they're top five in both categories. I mean, they just have so many dynamic pieces. And um, I, I think the reason why that Lions offense was in that rut and that little funk they were for four-game span was the offensive line play and the creativity of play calling wasn't the same as we expected, like you said last week. I think Ben Johnson was in his bag, like, it was like one of those creative game plans where you just really had no idea what to expect. Like, the, everything was, you know, w- was pretty much catching you off guard. I mean, five straight passes to start the game against that Broncos' run defense was not expected from anyone, even the Broncos, right? So, like, yeah. that, that was definitely shocking, and it didn't work out evidently. Like, they didn't score any points from it, but like, it set the tone is like, hey, you're not gonna know what we're gonna run, you know, that we're gonna be creative, we're gonna have a certain game plan against yours. And if Ben Johns can continue this in this game and going forward, going to the playoffs, that's when you see that high-powered offense that we expect. And we saw in the first half of the season.
4: Yeah, definitely, man. I think the main thing right now is making sure that they keep everything rolling. You mean don't want to take any step backwards, keep taking steps forward. And we don't want to see this team taking any step backwards as we head on to these playoffs, man, because if we can keep taking a little step forward from what we seen last week and he take a little step forward, this game, next game, and the following game, shoot, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team.
3: I think, too, that they that they did very well, at least last game, and something that was kind of an issue before was they're getting everybody involved now, like St. Brown, Laporta, JMO got involved last week, they're getting both their backs involved, with Gibbs and Montgomery, you see them sprinkle in Josh Reynolds, you see them sprinkle in Raymond, and Maybe you'll get a play or two from Donovan People Jones. Like they sprinkle everybody into this offense, which I think is a very like good thing. And it keeps defenses on their heels because you don't know who to stop. There, There isn't just like a decoy out there. Like if they're on the field, they have an opportunity to go catch that ball and make a play. And I think there was a stat, I think it was last game. It was like the first, like almost at the end of the first half. I think Kevin Harlan said there's been nine different Detroit receivers that have caught the ball.
4: Wow, I didn't even realize! I didn't realize that it was that many receivers. That yeah, come, come it was something. It was
3: something crazy like that, where like they got like eight or nine different guys involved. So, you know, they're they're getting everyone involved, and if they can continue that, man, that that's when it gets scary here.
4: 100%, think, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, you get everybody involved, and everybody's clicking. It's gonna be really hard to stop Detroit, man. They have weapons everywhere.
3: Yeah, and just as far as you know, baseline numbers. The Vikings are the fifth-ranked defense in stopping the run and 17th against the pass. And on third down, they are ranked 23rd, and they get off the field at a 40% clip, or they, they give up a 40% clip on third down. So, you know, they have some vulnerabilities as well. But they, they've they been playing better recently. I think since people have adjusted to this Brian Flores defense, they've been playing a little bit better. But, you know, frankly, I just think you're a better team than the Vikings too. I think – what you have offensively compared to their defense, they have some. They have some good pieces like Daniel Hunter, who didn't practice, but expecting him to be out there, and who's given us a, a lot of issues. Um You know, I, I think you just have a better offense than their defense, and you should be able to exploit that in this game.
4: Yeah, I mean, it all depends about your 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 front your offensive line. It does. If they if they can keep golf clean, this gonna be this could look like a game similar to last week where we saw against Denver Broncos, who also had a really good defense. Um. But the key is keeping golf clean, and that's what they have to do. And we'll see how they, you know, how they handle Brian because He blitzes and pressures a lot. He blitzes. I don't even know the percentage. Most I I Pierre probably knows the, percent, the exact percentage, but he he blitzes at a very high rate. Damn there almost every play, almost every play. Not every play, but he blitzes almost every play. I'll say, if I had to take a guess, i will say maybe eighty percent.
3: I mean, it's a lot. I don't know if it's 80%, but it's a lot. It's definitely a lot.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole lot where you send an extra man at the the quarterback, man, which is, I mean, we got to, they have to, they have to protect them, man.
3: Yeah, they got to be aware of that uh, for sure. And I mean, we saw it last week with the Lions defense. They were doing all that type of stuff. It looked like a Brian Flores Brian Flores defense. So, you know, I think, you know, they should be prepared for that, hopefully, hopefully i mean they haven't been a great team against the blitz this year so hopefully that changes in this sunday because last year they were balling every time they blitz golf golf was reading it perfectly and he was balling so you know getting back to those tendencies i w- would be nice yeah we'll see how they handle it man yeah it'll be it's, it's a different type of animal man it's a different type of beast that you're going against you know it's a, like you said it's a team that likes to bring pressure and they bring pressure from a lot of different ways so we will see what happens and obviously you got to play clean this game. They did a great job last week playing clean, no turnovers. Um yeah, continue that, man. It is as minimal the turnovers obviously. We talk about games are won in the turnover battle. So, you know, if they can if they could keep that at minimal and, you know, have another clean game, I expect good things from this offense. Same here. All right. Let's get into this Lions defense now against this Lions led defense. Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback this Sunday Oof. for the Vikings. Do you, you think that gives us a better shot?
4: Nick Mullins?
3: Compared to their other two, Jaron yeah. Hall, Hall and Dobbs?
4: I think he gives a better shot than Dobbs. Dobbs, uh, even though he, he has a little struggles, his feet kind of worried me a little bit. Well, what he's able to do if he escapes the pocket. So having Nick Mullins there, who's not really as mobile as Dobbs, I like the I, I really like our matchup. <laughs> Especially they play defense like they did last week. I really like our matchup. But um, yeah, Nick Mullins, I'm not expecting him to carve us up. If he does, I'll be pissed.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I think something that Lions fans feel confident about with Aaron Glenn. I know a lot of people feel indifferent about Aaron Glenn, but I think one thing that people feel confident about with Aaron Glenn is that if they're not playing a mobile quarterback, they should be able to get the job done. And you know, Nick Mullins is not that mobile. So I think I agree. I think it is a better matchup because that's a, that is Aaron Glenn's big description night is the mobile quarterbacks and how how does he stop them? I mean, we haven't really seen one good game yet of them, you know, doing a good job against a running quarterback. I would say the best one was probably well, the one a couple weeks ago versus Fields. Yeah, yes. and even Fields at certain times had his moments, right? Like where he escaped and got a first down, or he even got that touchdown um, on the third on the third and goal. So yeah, I mean. You don't have to worry about Mullen's leg. So I think that gives a better opportunity for this Lions defense that you don't have to worry about that as well and just worry about getting pressure. And they did a great job last week versus the Broncos and getting pressure on Russell Wilson. Russell doesn't move like the same, like he did in the past in Seattle. And they got creative the way they were pressuring him. And um, I think they could do it again this week versus, versus the versus the Vikings.
4: Yeah, they really they really went after Russell Wilson, man. They got to point. I almost feel bad for him. Oh. Uh, but, but um yeah hopefully they had the same result that they're able to get, get after Nick mullins man they can get Nick mullins I think they're gonna really really just dis- disturb their offense which is, I think their offense is 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 kind of I think their offense is challenged as far as like they're not getting things rolling right now like as far as, I think they hit a a, a big road, roadblock as far as getting things going offensively but maybe having Jefferson back helps them I don't know. I mean, how do you I mean, how do you feel about Jefferson um being being back?
3: I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, it's like I think you arguably are the best receiver in the NFL right now, right? And like that's a huge piece added to your offense. And he's not been back. This to be his third game back. And you know, it's not just Justin Jefferson, they have a lot of good players on their offense or like as far as skill players. You got Jordan Addison who's been a ball in as a rookie. Obviously, we know about TJ Hawkinson, he's a good player, and KJ Osborne's always just a player that always just gives us issues, it feels like every single year. So they have some weapons that, you know, our secondary is going to have some issues with. Like, these are, you know, guys that aren't slouches. Like, these are very, very good players. But I was encouraged last Saturday with how they played the Denver Broncos skill players. And I think this is a different animal. You know, they did a very good job with Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy and all their skill players. I think they got a different animal this week with Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, and Hawkinson. I mean, these are very good players, very good skill players. And even that game we beat them last year at Ford Field. I think Justin Jefferson had over 200 yards. So obviously, a different defense from the Lions got some new players in there. But you have to find a way to contain Justin Jefferson. You're not going to completely stop him, but you have to find a way to contain him. And, and Jordan Addison, he, he's a dynamic wide receiver too for this team. So they got they got their handfuls. They got their handful this this Sunday.
4: Are you expecting Cam Sutton to shadow Jefferson?
3: I mean, he did it for Sutton. And he did it versus Adams that one Raiders game. I just I don't know how, how comfortable I feel with the with with Cam Sutton shadowing Justin Jefferson. I just that doesn't sound good on paper. But it, <laughs> he said that last week, and he did a very good job. He's been very very good yeah, recently. He, but uh, on paper, like I don't know, man, that doesn't sound great.
4: It sounds like a two hundred yard game for Jeff. I mean, the thing is, is the quarterback going to be able to get the ball to him?
3: Yes, that's the big part. And, obviously, you got to get pressure up front. That's that's the most important thing. But my worry is, is, like, if we don't get the pressure right away and we see that inconsistent Lions pass rush, that's when it can get very scary. And, like, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is at that point. If you're not getting pressure, Nick Mullins or Patrick Mahomes, they're going to cover up your defense. So that's the big thing, man. Like And that's the biggest thing that's going to be going forward for this Lions defense. Like, it was great last week versus the Broncos. at getting pressure. It was better the week before versus the Bears. But then, like, I can pull up the Thanksgiving game, or I could pull up the first Bears matchup. Like, it is such an inconsistent pass rush; you don't know what to expect to we, know, we on a Sunday basis.
4: And that's the thing: we can't, we can't have anything inconsistent right now. At this point, right now in the season, you cannot be inconsistent. You got to take steps forward. You cannot take any steps backward. So, this defense we we saw last week, we have to see the same defense we saw last week this week against yes. Minnesota.
3: Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about these cornerback twos since they benched Jerry Jacobs. They've been going to guys like Khalil Dorsey and Kindle Vildor. You guys got a big test this week. I mean, you know, like the last two weeks, you got to to go against the Bears' number two receiver, which is like, who is that, Darnell Mooney or something like that. And then last week, you got to to go against Jerry Judy. Now this week, you get to get, get Jordan Addison. Like, that's a tough animal right there. So, you know, what's your answer there? So, you know, we've been talking highly about these guys. This will really prove to me if they are the answer going forward. You know, I mean, we really don't have any other, you know, guys to step in for them right now. But, you know, this is a big test. Big test for them.
4: Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, the, 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 the quality of the receivers you are playing before is going to be way different from against the Vikings. But, again, really, it starts from up front. Put pressure on Nick Mullins. Make it easier for these guys. Make it easier for Kim Sutton. And um Dorsey and whoever else is being playing corner for us. But make it easy for these guys, man. Get pressure on Nick Mullins, man. I think that's what they have to do.
3: I think it'll be interesting too, is something the Lions have been very good at all year on defense is the run de- defense department. And it looks like Alexander Madison might go this week, but if he does go, he's gonna be a um, he's gonna be the backup to Ty Chandler. No factor. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's the case. You know, I hope that is the case where that he could be a non-factor and you make Nick Mullins one-dimensional and, you know, let everything go on his arm. But, you know, Ty Chandler, I'm going to pull up the numbers from what he did last Sunday or last Saturday versus the Bengals because he played well. So, Ty Chandler, 23 carries, 120, 132 yards, averaged for 5.7 yards per carry, had one touchdown, and had a long of 30 yards. So, a very, very good game on the ground for Chandler. And obviously, different run defense comparing the Bengals to the Lions. But, you know, that's a, that's another test they have. And But I think you feel confident about this Lions run defense against anyone, for, truthfully.
4: Yeah, I mean, the Lions defense have done one thing right all year. They've been consistent in one area all year. It's been stopping the run as, as far as stopping running backs and, and, and get, having, having them have one of their worst games when they play against the Detroit Lions. And that, that's something that they, they've been consistent. And that's as far as like any worries about a running back potentially going off for a hundred yards or anything. I am not worried at all. I think that this defense is going to be able to contain any running back. Now, quarterback that has legs. Yeah, okay, we have a little, we have a little bit of a question right there. Um, but as far as like them handing the ball off, I think they do a really good job as far as having their two. They have two nose tackles playing defensive uh, defensive tackles for them, so that they really, really, really plug up those gaps. It makes it make it really hard for those um, running backs. So I'm not worried one bit with these with these running backs. Nick Mullins is gonna have to beat us. There's gonna have to be a combination of Nick Mullins and the defense if they have any shot of beating the Detroit Lions.
3: Yeah. What's your concern level of this game overall? Honestly, cons-
4: Stan. Uh, concern level. I would say a three, three,
3: three, three and a half. So you're you're. you're- Pretty confident. You're at like a seven right now, confident wise. From
4: what I seen last week, yeah, man. I mean, if we didn't have that game that we had that we had last week, I would would have said, man, this is. I mean, I don't know, (laughs) you know. If say we would have had, you know, more offensive struggles last week, and you know the defense were kind of up and down, they're just playing okay football, not that what we see last week where they're playing great football. I would have some, I would have some questions, man, because. Now you're going against a defense that's going to put pressure on golf. They're going to you know, try to make it tough on golf. And I would have had some questions. I mean, would, uh, I'm, again, I wouldn't have been worried about the running game. But as far as their defense and creating turnovers and putting pressure on golf, I would have had questions. But I'm, I'm confident that this team right now, offensively, is going to be able to keep golf clean. And if that happens, I think we will see a very similar game to last week.
3: Yeah. So you think we're going to – you think we have a shot to – to blow the doors against the Vikings.
4: This is similar to last week. Yeah, they 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 do a job, good job keeping golf clean. If that defense looked like the same defense we seen last week, then yeah, I, I expect them to clean game from golf and
3: have them for them them to handle business. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice Christmas Eve gift to just blow the doors, sit back comfortably, and enjoy the game. I don't know. I could I could see this being a little closer game. I think the Vikings' offense could give us a little more issues than the Broncos did last week, but. Hey man, they they came out with a great game plan last Saturday versus the Broncos. I think you have a little more talent this Sunday versus the Vikings, and you're going to their place too. And obviously, they're playing for a lot right now. I mean, the Vikings, they're technically still in this division race. I mean, what they need to win this division is, I mean, they, there wasn't they control their own destiny because they don't.
4: But no, they don't. They, they need have, a miracle. They need they need to win. They need a win out and a miracle.
3: So they need a win out, and they have two of them against us, obviously. And then one, they would need the Lions lose to the Cowboys, I mean, which is possible.
4: Very possible. So, <laughs> again, they need us to lose out. <laughs> which they control,
3: basically. You know, they control two of the three games, at least. Yeah. I mean, they don't control the Dallas game. But, like, I feel like if they like if they win this Sunday, like, I think they're going to feel a lot more confident. Like, you know, say, hey, Lions lose son- Saturday versus Cowboys. And then we have an opportunity to go play for the the division at Ford Field on week 18. I'm not speeding that. Dude. That would be absolutely awful. Let's just end it this Sunday, Christmas Eve. Let's win it. But I'm just saying, man, they're they're playing for a lot right now. And if it's not for the division, they're playing for a playoff spot right now. They have a lot to play for the Vikings. So
4: yeah, um, I mean, they do. So did the Denver Broncos last week.
3: They and did. We saw, we saw what happened to them. They did. So I just want to see that consistent Lions play like they did last Saturday. Now I don't expect that every Saturday the way that they play, but if they could play anything close to that you should be in good shape.
4: If they, if they play anything close to like, like you played last week, they'll be in good shape.
3: Yes. And that's all Yes, That's all he asked for. You know, one yep. the football game. So we will see, man, it's going to be uh, an exciting Sunday, an exciting game. I can't wait. I love this, man. I love this. How, how much more fun is it actually talking about meaningful football in December rather than talking about the draft right now?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We usually do talk about the draft about right about now.
3: I like truthfully, I think I've looked at one mock draft like so far.
4: <laughs> yeah, I only one. You say you done you done one mock draft?
3: I didn't do any. I just like looked oh. at it. I was just like, you know, like Google search one and found one on ESPN.
4: I haven't even looked into the draft and the prospects or any of that stuff yet.
3: It's fun, man. I like that. I like that we could wait till February, maybe later January, and then we could worry about that stuff. Um, I mean, the, the main thing I'm looking at, like when I'm looking at these mocks, is like, oh, what pick are the lines even at right now? Like, I, I don't even know. I can't even tell you right now. The last year I can tell you, oh, we're at six and we're at eighteen. You know, like I can tell you right yeah. on top of my head. What what, what
4: what are we gonna be like anywhere outside of twenty? Right? we Would be like twenty. 21. Right now,
3: yeah, I think we would be like in the twenty fives to. I mean, it all depends on your playoff success because it it, it would go higher, obviously, if you're yeah. winning. So, I mean, I think right now, if the season were to end, and you know let's say there's no playoffs obviously which is going to happen but i think it'd be like 25 24. yeah that's what i figured so then that'd be the highest pick i've ever seen the lions pick like their own pick ever yeah i think, my, I
4: think, I think mine is too i think, I think at least the highest too i think the highest i've ever seen was probably was the Ed decker Ted Decker. Was it Decker or was that was that um
3: was that uh davis i think it was tomlinson a uh, lakeland Lakeland Tomlinson. Lakeland Tomlinson, yeah. When they, because they were eleven and five in in twenty fourteen, and then they lost in the in the lost in the playoff game, the first round to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: I think yeah. they were in like okay, the they late twenties.
3: Yeah, yeah. So they drafted okay. in twenty fifteen. And that was a shit. Uh, we're not gonna get into that draft. That shit was that was ass. But um,
1: yeah. I think it was Lakeland
3: Tomlinson, and then Decker. Yeah, it was obviously up there in Davis too. Jared Davis. Yeah. All right, y'all. That is going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Hope you guys go sit back on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And hopefully we all enjoy this NFC North title for the first time ever in franchise history. It's going to be an awesome moment. They have to do it first, but it'll be an awesome moment. And it'll be a great Christmas. So we'll be live on YouTube and Twitter. an hour for the game inactives and then we'll be live on spaces right after the game, hopefully celebrating that single title. So that's all I got for you guys. Peace.
4: Alright, y'all it's your boy Malcolm and I'll see y'all uh Sunday man. I'm out man. Peace.